Today, Pastor Javen continues our Comfort and Joy series, and today we'll see that God wants to give us fullness of joy. So take a moment now and prepare your heart for today's service. Our reading for today is from Psalm 16, verses 8 through 11. I know the Lord is always with me. I know I will not be shaken, for He is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety. For you will not leave my soul among the dead, or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you that in you is fullness of joy. We thank you that in you are pleasures for this life forevermore. Pray today that our worship before you has been pleasing. That God, our worship is tilled the soil of our heart, prepared it today for the seed of your word. And I pray that this word will just take root in our life. Let us walk in the truth of your word. Let us live in the truth of your word. And protect our hearts and our minds from an enemy who wants to rob us joy of your word, of what it brings to us and to our life. We speak against his attacks today in Jesus' name. We praise you and give you glory for all things. Amen. Uh, If you grew up in America, you grew up going to American schools, and, and I say that because, believe it or not, we've got families that did not grow up here and that, that have, that have moved here. And and we're so thankful for those families and those people. But if you grew up here and you went to schools here, you probably remember learning about the declaration of independence, possibly memorizing a portion of the declaration of independence. Remember, remember that? I mean, the, and, and national treasure, that is not something that actually happened. It was not ever stolen. Uh, if you, it's a great movie, but it's not, but anyway, um, uh, but the declaration, you, you know, this, you remember, and, and possibly the, the, the most famous line from this, you know this, right? And it's, we hold these truths to be self-evident, right? You know what? That, that all men are created equal and that we're all endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights. That word can be hard to say. And those rights, among those rights are life, liberty, and you know the rest, the what? Pursuit of happiness. That's right. We have the pursuit of happiness. Now, before you think that this message is going to get political, it's not. It's not about the basis of this message is not the Declaration of Independence. What I, what I hope that we understand is that what we believe we have a right to, that's already been made available to us through a baby who was born, who became a man, who died on a cross, who rose from the grave, and who revealed to the world who he was the whole time, an eternal king. It's available to us. We started talking about this just a couple of weeks ago in this series, Comfort and Joy. We started by looking at the prophet Isaiah. I told you he's one of the most prominent prophets quoted throughout the New Testament. And Isaiah chapter 40 takes a kind of a transition to focus a lot on repentance, and uh, which is what Jesus Christ came to call us to. Isaiah told us there would be one that comes to prepare the way for Jesus Christ. And, but when Isaiah starts talking, he tells, God tells Isaiah to speak to the people softly and tenderly. And he tells them to tell them, comfort, comfort. Because we are, we have comfort available to us. 
He says that there's, there's good tidings that are available to us. The song says it this way, the com- good tidings of comfort and joy. These things have been made to available to us. So we know through the word of God, through the prophet Isaiah, through so many others who wrote in, uh, that we have in our word of God, that, that despite the world we live in, the cruel world, the sadness of the world, everything that's happening around us, despite all of that, we can't have peace. We can. We, we can have joy. We can experience that. We can carry with us every day this good news, these good tidings, this good news of comfort and joy that is found in Jesus Christ. And we can do everything we can to prepare the way for the return and when he comes as, as, as our king and as our Lord. We talked last week in depth about peace. We looked at what the peace that, that we have available to us from God. You know, there were people waiting on this Messiah to come, to, to come to this earth. They were waiting for the peace that this Messiah was going to bring. We can have that peace. This Jesus Christ came to bring us peace in the middle of our stress and our run, unrest. And not just peace, perfect peace. Remember we talked about it. Perfect peace. It's peace with God, peace with others, peace with ourselves, peace with our circumstances. It is a complete whole fullness of peace that is available to us. Perfect peace through a perfect lamb of God who is our perfect savior and Lord. Today, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into joy. We're going to talk about joy and we're going to understand what I hope that you understand today. What I hope that you walk out of here realizing today is that instead of being consumed with a pursuit of happiness, that you take possession of the joy that's already been made available to you, that you don't have to pursue happiness. When you follow Christ, you don't have to pursue happiness because you get to live in joy. You get to live in joy. So I hope that you understand that today. See that phrase, the pursuit of happiness and what we get out of that. And we hear that phrase, the pursuit of happiness. We think, well, happiness then is something we've got to pursue. It's something we've got to chase. It's something we've got to go after. It's something we've got to, to, to try to obtain on our own. And, and you hear that and you come in here today or you're watching online and you're thinking, man, I wish I could resonate more with just happy, but I resonate more with pursue. I resonate more with, I'm constantly chasing, I'm constantly going after. And think about the things that you pursue, hoping is going to bring you happiness, all right? And some of these things I tread tenderly over because they're important. But the thing is, we cannot mistake them as our source of joy. One such thing is scholastic achievement. Students. And even adults who are still going after their education. I'm not saying scholastic achievement is not important. It is important. You should pursue that. You should go after it. You should work with excellence. The word of God tells us in all that you do, do it as if you're doing it unto the Lord. So that means you do everything you do in life with a spirit of excellence, right? So you're going after that. But you have to understand that when something happens that in, in scholastic achievement might not be going the way you were hoping it was going to go, then you're, that doesn't mean that your source of joy is lost. Because scholastic achievement is not your source of joy. Job satisfaction, job status, status in anything. That position you're trying to gain, that, that place you're trying to earn. As awesome as it is to work towards those things and to get that, it's important, it's good. You, you should try, try, try to get that. That's nothing wrong with that. But that's not your source. Don't make it your source. Right? You, you look at, we, we're trying to get this certain financial status. And certain financial security. And if we can't obtain that, then we lose happiness because we're making it our source. Financial status, financial security, that's a good thing. It's, it's important to, to save. But it can't be our source. Relationships. Striving to have certain relationships in our life or 
feeling like we need to, I wouldn't trade the relationships I have in my life for anything. Relationships are important. Relationships are good. But they, they're not my source of joy. Stuff. <laughs> we go after stuff. If I get this, if I get that. Right? We buy into the commercials. We buy into the advertisements. The 15 is not good enough. I need the 16. Right? You know what I'm talking about. We buy, so we go after stuff. And nothing wrong with having stuff, but that can't be our source of our joy. Happiness is fragile. You know that, right? Happiness is fragile. Think about how easy it is for you to lose your happiness. You're happy. You go for a drive in town when everybody's getting off work. Yeah. It's not happy. It's not, you lose your happy. You lose your happy easy. You go shopping, especially during seasons like this, and there's crowds all around, like Jenny and I did yesterday. There's crowds all around. You can lose your happiness like that. It's easy to lose. Be a sports fan. You can lose your happiness. You can be happy, happy, happy. And lose a game, and all of a sudden, you're not anymore. Right? You think about something valuable in your home. It's broken. Oh, man, we're not happy anymore. We lose something that's valuable to us. We lose someone that's valuable to us, important to us. Happiness is fragile. We can lose it quickly. But that's something deeper available to us. In 2016, there was a movie that came out. Uh, this movie came out. It wasn't a holiday movie, although the holiday special has been kind of spurred off of that. Because why not, right? You make money. But this movie came out in 2016. There's been others that's come out. It came out around the holiday time. It was the movie Trolls, right? Movie Trolls. Maybe you remember this. Uh, it has these happy-go-lucky people that are trolls or creatures that are trolls. And then you've got these overly negative creatures that are Bergens. And the Bergens... In order to get by in life, they feel like they have to eat the trolls. Now, if you didn't know this was a family animated movie, you would think, they would eat what? This is a horror flick? Like, this is this sounds gruesome. It's not. Not at all. Right? It's an animated family thing. But, but anyway, but the idea is they've got to consume the trolls in order to be happy. And otherwise, they're overly negative. Basically, what the movie is doing is it's contrasting happiness through consumption with happiness as being something within. So the premise is not a bad premise, but it doesn't tell you the whole story. I want to tell you the whole story today. Because if we can try to gobble up as much happiness through pursuing things as we want in our life, and we can go through those pursuits, but what we're actually looking for is deeper than happiness. And you know it, it's joy. It's joy. It's that inner trait within. In our opening text, David spoke to this, and he spoke to where his joy comes from. It comes from the presence of God, being in the presence of God. Psalm chapter 16, verse, verse 11, it was read in our opening text. I want to go back. I want to look at it in the New American Standard Bible. I love the phrase that it uses there. You will make known to me the path of life. The version we read said the way of life, very similar. You'll make known to me the path of life and your presence is fullness of joy and your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So David tells us there is a path in life that brings joy. So what that tells us then is that the path that we're carving out in trying to pursue happiness, that path is a waste of time. 
because there's already a path that's been laid out for us that brings us joy, that gives us joy. The path does not begin with us. The path doesn't begin with our desires, with our uh, plans, with our hopes, with our dreams. That's not where the path begins. The path begins with Christ. He's already walked the most impossible path for us. He crossed heaven and came to earth. He, w- he walked through trials. He walked through temptations and he overcame every single one of them. He journeyed to a cross. He died in our place. Jesus Christ is the path to joy. See, our path often starts with ourself. We start looking within, what are these desires that I have within me? Who do I want to be? Who do I, what, who, who I, what is my identity? And we start looking at that and we start trying to find our identity, trying to find our desires. And then we start trying to pursue those. And then that journey goes from within us. And that's where the world tells us to start. So we, that journey takes us from there. And so we start looking at others and we start trying to validate the desires that are in us or even try to find our identity from others around us. We choose what we wear. We choose what we drive. We choose how we live. We choose where we live. Not always based out of wisdom but based out of whether or not we're going to get validated for those choices by those around us. We we get married and a lot of times we try to make our spouse complete us when in reality they're to compliment us. We have kids and we try to live through our kids and put our desires on our kids because we couldn't obtain our desires. But really the whole time what we're trying to do is we're trying to get others to fix what's broken on the inside of us. We look around in the world and we're trying to embrace ideologies that stand in complete contrast to the word of God. But we find these ideologies, we hear these things and we say, well, I like that because that validates my innermost desires. And we'll even take the word of God and and faith and we'll twist things in the word of God. We'll twist things in faith to try to make it validate our desires. To try to make it validate who we believe we or what we believe should be our identity. One of the most often quoted verses that gets confused and gets twisted to say that this is going to happen, that God wants to do this, comes from another psalm. It's Psalm chapter 37, verse 4. Let's just look at the last half of that verse. It says this, He will give you your heart's desires. You may have memorized it this way. He will give you the desires of your heart. You know, you know that verse? You heard that verse before? We take that verse and we twist it, but, but here's where we're getting it wrong. We're, and, and you probably know this. We're putting the emphasis in the wrong place. We're putting the emphasis on my heart's desires instead of putting the emphasis on he will give to you. See, God will give you not your desires. God will give you desires that will benefit and bless your heart. All throughout the New Testament in Paul's letters, he wrote all through his letters, talking about this and explaining how there is a war, there is a battle, there is something that we face, there is inner desires within us. And those desires aren't necessarily, some of them, some of them are not necessarily bad, but the timing may not be right. Or it might not be something for us. But Paul is telling us there are desires that are on the inside of us. 
And the desires that are on the inside of us are fleshly. They're, they're, uh, is what Paul calls them. They're of the self. But he says that's at war. Those inner desires are at war with the desires that the spirit wants to produce in us. And he writes about this all through his letters. Just for a couple examples, Philippians chapter two, verse 13, look at what it says. For God is working in you, giving you the desire, right? That means he's putting in you a desire and the power to do what pleases him. Galatians, when he wrote it to the church in Galatia, Galatians chapter five, he says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. But what does the spirit give you? Desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. What does he say? He says these two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions because of that battle and that war. So you may have good intentions, Paul says. But we have to understand and realize we've got to let our desires die to receive his desires that are good. But Paul knew, Paul knew that there are things that are within us that can make us happy for a moment. And so we chase those things to try to get happy. But those things will never allow you to live with joy. So go back to that verse from the psalmist and you look at the whole psalm. 37 verse 4, what does it say? Take what? Delight. In who? The Lord. And he will give. Take delight. What does that mean? It means put your joy. Find delight. Find joy in God. Let joy come from the relationship you have with your Savior, with your Lord. And as you pursue in that relationship, then he's going to produce in you. He's going to give you desires that will ultimately fulfill your heart. As David said in Psalm 16, he said, in his presence is fullness of joy. It's, that means there's an abundant amount of joy in the presence of God. See, when we're in pursuit of happiness instead of following Christ, we're sacrificing fullness of joy for fleeting highs. Momentary satisfaction. You think back to the gospel of Luke. If you were here last week, we read it, Luke chapter two. If you weren't, it's okay. I'm sure you've heard it before. Again, Linus read it at Charlie Brown's Christmas special, which airs nationally on television often. If you can't, you can find it on streaming services. I don't get paid for that advertisement. I just, just felt like it flowed right there. But anyway, Luke chapter two, shepherds in their field, angels come. They tell them some news. Luke chapter two, verse 10, what does it say? The angel reassured him, don't be afraid, fear not, because I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. See, fear is a, is a fear not is a key theme all throughout the word of God. It's, but and it's a key theme all throughout the Christmas story. And the angels are saying, we're bringing you, what kind of news? Good news of great joy because the gospel elicits joy, not fear. 
So everything that's coming in that's trying to bring fear and rob you of joy, God is saying, I'm, I'm giving you a way to move that aside. To move the fear aside and embrace the joy and the reason for joy that I have brought to the world. And, and we get confused. And we talked about this last week in peace because it's the same thing. We get confused because just like with peace, joy does not mean a life of complete ease. What did, it, what did we say Jesus said? In this world, you will have trouble. So just like we said, peace is not the absence of, absence of problems. Peace is the presence of God. We can have peace despite our problems. This joy is the same thing. The possession of joy is not the absence of sorrow. The possession of joy is the presence of God in our life despite our sorrows and even in the midst of sorrow. Listen, joy was lost in the garden with Adam and Eve. And here's what they did. Adam and Eve replaced God with something good. They pursued the fruit because they had a desire planted in them, not from God. To pursue that fruit that God said was good, just not for them. And they pursued it. And so when they replace God with something good. Joy was lost and fear set in. Joy was lost in the garden when fear and death came through sin. But joy returned to the earth when Jesus Christ came and conquered death. The fullness of joy is available. God entered our world, experienced our sorrows and conquered death, giving us hope and eternal hope, an eternal hope in one that's going to keep his promise until pain and death and sorrow are all completely eliminated. One of the more popular Christmas hymns is one that we sang this morning, joy to the world, right? Joy to the world. It's not, I told them this morning, it's not just a trite song that we sing for a holiday season. It's deep with truth. Joy to the world. Well, how can we have joy when we're surrounded by so many problems in our world? Well, what does the song say? It says exactly what scripture says. No more let sin and sorrows grow. Think about it. Don't give them room to grow in your life. Don't give them room. Weed them out. Don't let thorns infest your ground, the soul of your heart, because he comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. And too often we're pursuing happiness and we are failing to fully understand 
that Jesus Christ pursued us. And with him comes our fullness of joy. When we're in pursuit of happiness, instead of following Christ, we're sacrificing the fullness of joy for fleeting highs. And you know you want something deeper than a moment of happiness. You want joy. You want joy in your life and in your heart. You can have joy even if you don't have happiness when you have Christ. I highly doubt that Joseph and Mary were happy with the conditions that they were in when Jesus was born. I highly doubt they were happy with the fact that they couldn't get a comfortable room as Brooke and Lori were referencing during worship. I highly doubt that they enjoyed the smells that were around them. You know, I doubt that when they were told at the time of the, their pregnancy that now you've got to travel to Bethlehem to, for a census. And they're like, really? Now? He calls for this now? And they have to travel. I doubt they were happy. I'm pretty sure Mary wasn't. But when that baby was born, I imagine there was joy all over them. What does Luke tell us? Luke tells us that when everything was happening and everybody was coming to see this baby and she's starting to hear these stories of angels proclaiming the birth of a child that she gave birth to. What did he say she did? She treasured all of that in her heart. Circumstances weren't great. Circumstances were not conducive to happiness. She had joy. They had joy. I, I, I don't suspect that Jesus was happy when he was being big, beaten, when he was being spit on, when he was having a crown of thorns crushed into his skull, when he was having nails driven into his hands and to his feet. I don't think he was happy. But what does the author of Hebrews say? For the joy set before him, he endured the cross and he scorned his shame. Even in the midst of a moment where there was zero happiness, there was fullness of joy. There's joy in God. Joy through the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. When Isaac Watts wrote that song, he was inspired by another psalm. Psalm 98. Just real quick. We're about to wrap up, but real quick. Let's read this. Psalm 98, verse 4. Shout to the Lord all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp. With the harp and the uh, melodious song. With trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn. Make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. Let the sun or let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy. These words, when he read them, he was inspired to write that beautiful song, Joy to the World, the Lord Has Come. See, when we find Christ, we find a joy that should burst forth from us. 
rejoicing and celebrating and praising him. Again, let's go back to Luke chapter two. When, when the shepherds started going back home, we talked about this last week. They said they go and they tell everybody what they heard. They see the baby, they leave and they go back to their normal everyday life. But how did they go back? Not the same way they left. Luke 2.20, they went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen. When you find Christ, when you find God, it produces in you a joy that should well up from the inside of you. Through song, through worship, through praise. Pastor Tony Evans, I love the way he says it. He says, when joy has escaped you, it's time to worship. If you've ever listened to Tony Evans, man, you can hear him saying this. When life has crushed you, it's time to worship. When the devil has robbed you of happiness, it's time to worship. When Satan or circumstances are bringing you down, it's time to worship. And he goes on and he talks about how you cannot live in the atmosphere of the presence of God and not have joy. He likes it to the fact that you can't live in the atmosphere of the sun and not get hot. You can't live in the atmosphere of freezing cold and not get chilly. It's the same with God. He says, you cannot live in the presence of God in your life and not have joy. So if the circumstances around you are not giving you happiness, don't forget you've got Christ. If you have put yourself in him, you've got Christ. So begin to rejoice and celebrate him and express what he's done for you and your soul and your heart. If you have been searching for happiness, searching for joy, searching for satisfaction, you need to understand today that that's not found in something. It's found in someone. It's found in Jesus Christ. And it's found in his Holy Spirit producing that joy in you. And the presence of God is fullness of joy at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. You cannot get more fuller than the fullness of. And you cannot get more longer than forevermore. In him is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Don't pursue happiness. Follow Christ. Because as you follow Christ, you find your beauty, you find your fullness of joy. And here's the beauty of it. When you follow Christ, you know what else you get? You get life. You get life more abundant. You get life eternal. When you follow Christ, you get liberty. The Son of God sets you free. You are truly free. Because who the Son sets free is free indeed. And when you follow Christ, you don't have to pursue happiness because you can live in joy. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Stand with me this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for Jesus Christ, who is the word of God in flesh. Who came and walked this earth. And took our place 
the punishment of our sins. And through him, Father, is life abundant. There's joy. There's peace. There's everything we need is found in Christ. And Father, I know where the circumstances are not the greatest sometimes in our life. Where things around us are trying to rob us of our peace. Trying to rob us of our joy. Nothing can separate us from you. Nothing can separate us from you. Our joy is found in you. Our peace is found in you. God, help us to walk in that every day. Help us to remember that. In Jesus' name. I want to encourage you today, if you're here in this room, or if you're watching online, and you've never began to walk and journey this life following Christ, you've never taken the step to, to give your life to Him and say, I want to live my life as a follower of Christ. The Word of God says it, this way Paul said it, very simply in one of his letters, it was a letter to the church of Rome. We see it in the book of Romans. He said, to do it, you just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. You repent, you turn from the life you're living now and you follow him. You give him control of your heart. You give him control of your life. You believe, you put your faith in the fact that Jesus walked this earth and that he gave his life for you and he died and he rose again you for your salvation for eternal life. And then you make him Lord and you follow him. I encourage you today, if you've never done that, to do that. Make him Lord of your life. Give him your life today. Find your peace. Find the fullness of your joy in him. Make room for him today. If you have given him your life, you're following him today, don't forget, as they said earlier this, this morning, don't forget, make room for him every day. Make room for him every day. We're going to celebrate in baptism in just a moment. Those who have made that decision. But I just want us to take a moment to worship him one more time. To make room for him in our heart and our life. If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccamden.com. Go to our contact page. You'll find the link there to uh, request prayer or send us anything that you uh, would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.